Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a podcast that discusses the evolving world of community engagement. Explore and learn with us as we host conversations with leaders in community engagement, stakeholder consultation, and public participation. We'll discuss current trends, best practices, as well as tips, tools, and ideas for better engagement programs. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's Dan Popping, and I am the practice lead with Bang the Table here in Australia. For those that uh, don't know me very well, I've worked in the community engagement sector for over 20 years, and in this time, I've helped to plan, deliver, and evaluate hundreds of different uh, engagement projects. Quite an exciting career and job, I've got to say. And I guess over this time, I've been quite fortunate to see a number of emerging trends and fads uh, within this sector. And I guess I've also had the opportunity to identify and mitigate a huge number of engagement risks and to overcome numerous internal and external obstacles for the delivery of best practice engagement, but nothing really could have prepared for me for the impact that COVID-19 has had this year and the impact that it's been having in the community engagement sector. And over the last few months, I've seen many community engagement projects actually put on hold. I've seen many continue in a modified format, and I've also seen a great shift towards a digital mindset, um, or digital first mindset, I should say. And what I mean by that is that engagement projects are now being planned with the online processes and tools being thought about upfront rather than an afterthought. So being more integrated rather than sort of tacked on. And I guess, in fact, COVID-19 has given us this really unique opportunity to pivot and change and adapt our engagement practices. So rather than hosting face-to-face events at a certain time in a certain place, online engagement continues to show its strength by allowing people to engage at any time, any place, and on a device of their choice. And that really brings us to the topic for today's podcast, which is about adapting your engagement during COVID-19. Today's podcast, I'm joined by the project team from the city of Onkaparinga, and shortly I'll introduce uh, them and some of the consultants that they've worked with. But for those that think that Onkaparinga is a funny name or don't uh, know what that area is, I thought I'd just give you a bit of context. The city of Onkaparinga is located in the southern fringe of uh, Adelaide in South Australia. And it's actually the largest local government association in South Australia with a population of over 170,000 people. So quite a big task to to engage with that audience. And it covers both rural and urban areas and communities covering an area of over 500 square kilometres. The city of Onkaparinga had been preparing a fairly extensive engagement process to help develop a local area plan and we're going to undertake a variety of face-to-face community leader forums. A project team which include Jensen Plus and consultants Becky Hurst were hired to assist with this project However, with COVID-19, they've had to adapt very quickly and change their approach to go completely online. So the exciting part, today I am delighted to be joined by Dale Sutton, who is the team leader uh, engagement and grants at the city of Onkaparinga. We have uh, Michael McCown, who is the director, my apologies, at Jensen Plus, and Becky Hurst from Becky Hurst Consulting. So now that all the formalities out the way, we can kind of dive in and start to have a bit of a chat about their project Onkaparinga looking forward and how they've had to revise their approach and some of the lessons they learned along the way. So to kick things off, Dale, I might start with you. I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about this project and what is a local area plan? Hi, Dan. Uh, The purpose of the Onkaparinga Local Area Plan is to provide an outline of where, how and when we plan for different types of urban development to occur over the next 10 years and what strategic infrastructure and services will be required to enable this development to occur in an orderly and economical way. As a 
key council strategy, the Onkaparinga Local Area Plan, will guide for growth in our city in a manner that respects our unique lifestyle, protects our environment, and improves our community wellbeing. And the plan will help us be prepared and respond to current and future growth opportunities and challenges in our city into the future. Brilliant. So we're talking about kind of what's going to be happening in the next five to 10 to 20 years and how council will then provide those guidelines to ensure that the development's going to be happening in an appropriate way and in the right places and in response to community needs. Brilliant. So with a project like this, I guess in your own words, Dale, what were you trying to achieve at the end of the engagement? What would success look like for you guys? I guess the main thing we were trying to achieve was to get input from our communities on the issues and opportunities that influence the how, when and where our city grows. Things like what services and infrastructure are critical to get right as we grow, what can we learn from our past growth to inform our future planning. And it's always important to utilise the knowledge of the local community members and understand what's important to them so that can be reflected in the local area plan. Yeah, really important. And I guess that's the the heart of the issue, isn't it? You know, tapping into communities' needs and their interests, but also the knowledge that they hold on to as well and, and using that to inform your plan. Brilliant. This, it sounds like, and I know that it was quite a large project, and you brought in a little bit of help and some expert help, I've got to say, which is great for this particular project. So I'm just wondering if you could outline a little bit about the role that the consultants, Michael and Becky, uh, played in both developing and delivering this engagement. Sure. Due to their significant experience in planning and urban design and social planning, we wanted to work with Jensen Plus on this project. And we were fortunate that Jensen Plus brought Becky Hurst Consulting on board for the community engagement component of the project. Becky, of course, is a very experienced engagement practitioner and happens to live in our region. And we worked closely with Becky and the project team to design a great engagement We wanted to seek input from the local community leaders in a large community leader forum, and that way the local leaders can share their views and bounce things off each other. These conversations would then shape the draft Onkaparinga local area plan. Next, we wanted to go out more broadly to hear from our wider communities, and we had a great mix of ways for people to learn about the project and to get involved both online and face-to-face. But of course, that was before COVID struck. Yeah, the world kind of stood still for a moment, I think, whilst everyone kind of recalibrated and worked out what they were going to do. Brilliant. All right. So this is a chance for uh, Becky and Michael now to hear from you guys. So, you know, I I think it's fair to say that both of you are no strangers to overcoming engagement challenges, right? Often in in the roles that we play, we need to find solutions to very complex and and difficult uh, issues and problems. And also often on topics that evoke a lot of passion from our community. COVID's definitely had a fairly significant impact on the way community engagement projects are being delivered. And I'm just wondering if you could share with us some of the things that you had to do differently on this project. And and my favourite word of the moment is pivot. So how did you guys have to pivot? This kind of topic where we're talking about where housing is going to be in the future, where we're going to develop or not develop, communities are really interested in that. And they're very quick to tell you if you've got it in the wrong place or if they're surprised by what they see. So we already had a really proactive engagement plan in place at the start of the project. And we were doing lots of early engagement. We were identifying key community leaders. And we had this great plan to have some early engagement workshops. And then, of course, the pandemic disaster hit. And there was a real risk that the project would just grind to a halt. The word uh, pivot, I think, is quite appropriate because we had to change direction pretty quickly. It was a pretty interesting time, but also a great opportunity to think of some new ideas about how we could do this engagement differently, quickly and effectively and experiment. Fortunately, the council uh, let us do that. Becky and I came up with some ideas about how we do this differently. Great. So, Becky, tell us about some of those things. (laughs) 
Yeah, so like you say, it, it was a, a funny week, wasn't it? I remember, I think we all remember that week in March where everything ground to a halt. And obviously we were in the midst of this project and there really wasn't much room for negotiation in relation to the time frame. From an engagement perspective, I was thinking, oh, surely we can just push this back by a few months. But of course, Michael and his team had a deadline to meet and it, and it had to continue. So we had to quite rapidly come up with an alternative plan. Dan, as you know, Dan, I've been in the online engagement base for probably about 10 years working with Bangladesh table but I distinctly remember the team teleconference that week spent 10 years trying to convince clients to try to go online <laughs> and in the matter of like two minutes I managed to persuade the team it didn't even take much persuasion uh, let's do an online discussion forum and everybody just went oh okay yeah that sounds good and I remember Michael had a few questions well how will that work will we log in what will there be you know the end of the teleconference it was yeah we're doing an online discussion forum and thankfully City of Onkapringa already had the, the your say site equipped you know it was there it was a tool that we were able to use so we went about setting up the discussion forum but what I was quite proud of that we added on to the discussion forum was the use of video I was conscious that Michael was going to be needing to present some information at the beginning of what we planned in the face-to-face -face workshops and it's quite technical information to really get people into that sort of headset that frame of mind to be able to make that really informed opinion or decision or uh, you know contribution and so the first set of videos that we did which was for the early engagement with the leaders I, Michael actually drove to from the city to my place about 45 minutes to my office um, and we had the big plasma screen and he actually presented and it was so easy to do I just literally grabbed my iPhone hit record Michael presented we did it in one take and we uploaded those videos onto the You'll Say on Capringa for people to be able to comment by the time it came around to the second phase of engagement where we were going out to the broader community I think Michael and I were all across Zoom and we were all we knew that he didn't actually have to drive to my office anymore to present we turned it into an interview style which for me was a really good lesson in how to bring a document to life that you're engaging on you know rather than expecting people to read through 40 pages of information they could actually get the document and have a read through whilst watching the videos where we were talking about all the topics so I found that that aligned with the discussion forum really nicely and we used an online survey as well we definitely pivoted at great speed and learned a lot along the way it's funny how it evolves as well so that second round of videos we were actually making videos based on what the comments had been in the previous week so people were commenting things we thought right how are we going to respond to that we can respond on the online platform but why don't we just talk about those issues that people want to hear about and so we'd record a video and then Dale and his team would put them up on Facebook and that would attract more people back to the engagement platform it was a bit of a, a virtuous cycle if you like and really reactive it's funny how you mentioned Becky that we were on the team teleconference because this uh, project we were meeting by teleconference every week or two and it seems like a antiquated method now a team meeting uh, said that to the group we were speaking on the phone but during that whole project everyone has moved to online video communications quite amazingly fast and we among with every along with everyone else just have put that to our best use and pushed it really hard yeah it's great and look I, I really enjoy hearing these kind of stories because not only did I hear around you had a fairly solid plan that you're able to adapt and change you've brought in new tools and new techniques to help your community understand the issue or the opportunity that, that was available for them not just as sort of a stop-start process but this ongoing dialogue so talking and chatting online through the discussion forums, listening to what's being said, and then making videos and then putting them back in halfway to reiterate. And for me, that really helps to build trust and authenticity for your project because it demonstrates that you are listening and then providing that information back. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I'll echo what Michael said. It was amazing to, to be able to record the videos and responding to what people were saying. For me, it was a really authentic process of engagement. And again, also, I mean, I was suddenly editing videos and that's something I only do as a hobby with my kids, you know, and suddenly it's become part of my professional thing, you know, sitting on my iPhone doing my little iMovie editing and copying. The public seemed to respond quite well to those videos. They weren't mega corporate. They weren't overly edited to a professional. They weren't kind of like, you know, depth of field focused professional cameras. It was very much responding to the situation and people seem to like that genuine approach. I think that's what everyone's uh, used to as well. And look, I think the city of Onkabringa taking a few risks on this, maybe they didn't realise. We were just allowed to get on with recording videos and putting them online. And it, I think that was, Dale might comment on this, but that was partly the situation. It was just so fast. I wonder if we'd have written that into a, an engagement plan three months before, it would have been knocked back. You know, I oh, know we're not doing that. Yeah. We need to do a more complicated process. It was the circumstances that led to the outcomes partly. Yeah, and I think, as Becky said, we had to adapt really quickly. The project needed to go on. We didn't want to completely stop, and we had to adapt. And there was little time to go back and revisit planning and approval for the whole engagement plan. We did get permission through to management level, but we didn't take it back to the elected members in the chamber to revisit the whole process because, in essence, what we ended up doing was similar to what we were going to do face-to-face. It was just an online version of that through the Engagement HQ platform, and I think it worked really, really well. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting to hear because, as many people know, I've worked in local government, and often you can get sort of caught up in those multiple approval processes. And so, Dale, what I'm kind of hearing is that you already had that internal support from your organisation for this particular project and being able to swap out some of the tools was quite well done because you've already sort of had the, the basics in place of what was going to be achieved. I'm just wondering, was there anything else in particular you did to help bring your internal stakeholders, the, the relevant staff or the different departments or possibly even council on that journey with you for this particular project? Great question. I'm not sure we did anything specific. It was more having conversations and, and utilising the expertise from Michael and Becky and the team on what could work, trying to achieve the same outcomes that we were aiming for in the first place, but what could work by doing it a little bit differently and moving it to more online. I think utilising that and thinking on our feet and just trying some different things and testing that with management, they got to see the videos before we uploaded them. So it was fairly low risk, but in essence, it was something different than what we'd normally do. So there was a risk in that sense that we were trying to go down a different path. But I think everyone was pretty happy with what was planned. In terms of the new plan and then what was delivered I think was fantastic and everyone once they saw those videos and saw how natural it was the reactions we got online once you posted them through social media as well how well they received the comments we were getting and the fact that we could respond quickly to those comments each comment built on the last I think people just embraced it and thought well this is fantastic even if there was a little bit of element of risk or fear initially, once it started to roll out, people saw how well it was working. I might just point out, Onkaprinka is a big council with a big area, big budgets, big number of staff. And therefore it is quite risk-focused council. It's not known for taking big risks. And so this really, for me, it was, it was actually quite an honour to be part of that, of seeing Onkapringa willing to take these, you know, they are risks. And even though you say you did get to see the videos, you know, it, it was kind of vetted to a point, but even you have to give yourselves a big pat on the back for just being willing to go for it and give it a try and get them online. Because yeah, the old Onkapringa, I don't reckon would have taken that approach. It really was a significant moment, I think. It's definitely a good point that you make around, you know, trialling and testing new approaches and new techniques in the current environment because I'm finding people have had to really take a step back and go, yep, we need to do things differently. We need to think differently. I know this is happening both in our professional lives and in our personal lives. And you know, if you've got that new creative idea or that new engagement tool that you want to test and trial, now is the time to strike. Really good to hear the yeah. kind of work you're doing. And also backing Becky up, it's it's about also, you know, trialing and testing these things with a plan in place, but it's okay if it's not perfect or it doesn't actually work. And we'll, we'll yeah. talk to some of the results that you guys got. But if I use the video as a bit of analogy 
technology. In the past, and I know when I worked at council, there would have to be a full script, there would be a media team, it would be edited, polished. I'd have to have my hair slicked back, I'd be wearing a tie, a little name badge. There, there's something that, that ch that's changing in that space now, which is it's very accessible for everyone to pick up their phone, like you've said, Becky, and give it a go. If you say yeah. the wrong word, it doesn't matter. We're all human. We're all people that are trying to do the best. And I think that's what that authenticity comes through on the videos, which is great. It's just reflecting society. People spend a lot of time online. They make videos for their friends. Uh, it's casual and formal. We're having conversations, but it's much more genuine and people can be pretty cynical about something that's overly polished and scripted. It's the marketing department have, have done this, but I think in this project, there was absolutely no danger of it being seen as a marketing effort. We were just chatting about some of the strategies that we had in this plan and discussing some of the feedback. That's all we tried to do. Brilliant. I'm just wondering, we've We've started to talk about some of the tools, Becky's, with the discussion forum, etc. Um, could you talk to maybe some of the actual tools that sort of you used and what was the quality of feedback that you received? So we, in the end, we for the actual engagement, we used an online discussion forum where we'd put some of the strategies that we were asking people about as, as questions. So I think we had four or five questions. And then we also had a online survey and we had a quite a clear explanation that if you wanted to participate in a conversation, which is always my preference, you join the online discussion forum. If you wanted to just sort of let City of Onkerfinger know or as the team know what you're thinking, just use the survey. And survey was actually a really good tool because people were able to rate their opinion about things. So I actually got some statistical info as well. What really blew me away though was the quality of the input that we got. It was significantly good and well thought through to the point that I was able to produce fairly in-depth reports about people's opinions and thoughts on all of these different topics. And I think it probably ended up being more in-depth than it would have been had we stuck with plan A if we've been able to do plan A with the face-to-face -face workshop. People really seem to, the people that commented on the online discussion forum and the survey seem to have just taken the time to think about it and to give their input. Um, in comparison, the comments that we got via social media, which we also included, were very much front of mind, quick thinking, just opinions. I was overwhelmed by the quality of the content. Becky, would you say we got a more diverse group commenting as well? Yeah, we with, without a doubt. I can't remember off the top of my head how many suburbs we had. We heard from something like 23 different suburbs. So we knew there was a massive cross-section of people from across the city, which in relation to something like this, there's always a hot topic or a hot area. And in, in this, you know, we had somewhere like Selix Beach, which was an area that might, might be earmarked for future development potentially. And this was, you know, all up for discussion and we wanted to hear people's opinion. And so what you might often see is a group from that particular area just dominate the conversation but actually what we knew because we were able to measure it because it's all online we knew that we have this massive reach of people across the whole city and then the same with the ages as well I was really impressed that we had people from their 20s right up into their 80s using both the tools the online survey and the discussion forum I was fairly confident whilst we weren't hearing from thousands of people by any means I was really confident that what we were hearing was a broad stretch of different different opinions and ideas from a, from a good mix of people yeah I think uh, what was also good about the approach it was a bit of a hybrid model best projects always are and Onkpringa have got this really handy method of putting up roadside banners about some of their current projects the project the looking forward project had a bit of profile out on the streets and I think that also attracted attention
And of course, we got some written submissions and other inputs as well. It wasn't 100% digital, but it really did seem to lift the input. And I was imagining how people were sitting at home in the evening, you know, they maybe got a chance just to think about things and make a few comments and read the bits they want to, rather than being pushed at a shopping center to comment on what we were sort of showing them right in front of their face. It's a different type of engagement, I think. Yeah, just to add to that, you know, besides the promotion, I think, talking about the tools we used on the Engagement HQ platform as well. We had a Q&A tool. Being a complex project, we've, we're talking about a lot of different strategies here about growth. And some of them aren't straightforward if you don't understand planning. But I think the fact that we only got a couple of questions through that Q&A tool and spoke a lot about what went into the videos and how easy Michael and Becky made the whole concept to understand and unpack each of those strategies. The number of views we had on the videos showed that that was where people got the best level of information. I think that was something new that we hadn't done a lot of before here at Onkaparinga. And I think the videos were a great way of getting the messaging across because as we said before, if we did a face-to-face forum, there would have been a lot of information sharing at the start to get people's head around what we're trying to achieve. We couldn't do that, but you don't want to talk at people. But I think having those short, snappy videos worked really well. I'll just take a step back to something Michael said about the banners. I wanted to comment as a resident of the city of Onkapringa, taking off my consultant hat. I think I probably mentioned it to Dale in the past. I was sceptical about these banners that appear across the city when they first started appearing. When we used them, I just kind of went along with it. Go, oh yeah, okay, whatever, we'll put looking forward on some banners but what I've actually noticed now as a resident is driving around they change every so often and so I now know that Onka Pringer are currently engaging I think on your arts and culture strategy and the GM crop conversation and I would not know that if it wasn't for those banners and so actually whilst it's such a traditional method of promoting engagement it's working I'm quite impressed that was definitely a good kind of complementary traditional method to get people's attention signpost them to it Yeah, I think it's always going to be a mix of different ways of getting people to hear about what's happening and having the banners is a great way visually of people seeing it when they're driving past. And if they have the time then, they can just take note and when they get home, they can jump online and hear all about it. And Facebook's another way to get under people's nose and they see what it's all about. They can click through and then if they want to, they can read more, watch the videos or have their say. A mix of different ways of getting people to the same place with the consistent information works really well. Yeah, and that's a really good point, Dale, because, you know, this is the other value that your online platform can provide, having a one-stop shop where there is not only information about how to get engaged, there's information to read, to digest, also some of those past conversations in there, all in the one location for people to be able to to access. And Becky, before we move on to our next question, I just want to um, pick up on something that you mentioned around, which is the sort of the depth of the feedback that you've got. And you made a comment around social media, often with, with social media, when people respond, they very much respond with a top of mind response what I already know and what I already think and what I already value. And for us in the engagement space, it's often a challenge to help people understand and unpack what the problem or the opportunity is first, understanding that there are a variety of viewpoints and opinions and impacts that need to be considered to make a decision for your broader community rather than an individual decision. Because, uh, you know, pitting people against each other doesn't work. It's around how we come together to find the best solution. And I think this is what your video content has really contributed towards. People can be watching your presentation, press pause, let the dog outside, think about something, uh, reflect on something and, you know, and continue. Whereas if you're in a live meeting, if you miss something or you pop out to the toilet, it's gone, you don't get that back. And so once again, I think really smart in how you've used videos, not only to present information, but to check in halfway and tell people what you're hearing to continue and foster that conversation because they, they are the things that signal trust and transparency and genuineness. These guys are actually listening to us. They're responding on our Q&A tool. I heard them talk about a 
question or what they've been hearing online in the video, I, I now want to give my voice and, and get involved. And I think that's you know really what's helped to get you some momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll just add to that about the videos and, and using them on the social media. You see the distinct difference between the really informed opinion coming through and signing up to participate, watch the videos, read all the input, such wealth of input from that method. But then the social media is just, there's a lot of council bashing happens on social media. And I actually encouraged Don Capringo, and I think it's gone through, to include every comment that was made on the Facebook page in the report, even though the language in it, I don't even use very often you know it really bad horrible comments and this you know I must acknowledge also for myself and Michael you know we had to be willing to put ourselves out there on a council Facebook page where there is council bashing and there were a couple of attacks at us you know I always react really badly to being called a bureaucrat which I think we might have been on this one and I think there was something about being oh look at these the United Nations and the I don't know there, were, there was a bit of abuse thrown but not a massive amount but you know we, we had to be willing as well I think to put ourselves out there and to, and to kind of just accept that as part of the package but knowing that it was going to lead to good input for the people that actually signed up and, and joined in well actually if i had known that would have happened i would never have agreed to do this <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't read any of the comments so i didn't even know that people had uh, said that about me but who cares but i think that the um social media was really important. <laughs> The social media was really important to drive traffic to the online tool. We would never have got as many people just from the roadside banners or the council website. There's a broader issue, isn't there, around social media commentary. I think it was a sensible move to compartmentalize social media commentary from more involved commentary on the digital engagement tool. If we'd gone social media alone, not that we would have, it would have been a very weird response. Yeah, most most definitely, and I think you make some good points there around the difference in the type of feedback that you can that you can receive. But you know, also you're open for all those inputs on the channels that people prefer. So well done to you guys and the team. Just to keep things moving along, I guess we've talked a little bit about you know the, the planning and the process and how you've had to change and some of the tools that you've used. You've also talked a little bit about how you've been closing that loop and iterating back throughout the process. What are the plans to finalise this project now? How do you plan to report back if you've got any thinking? around what that might look like. We're going to put together a final local, local area plan over the coming weeks. But I think the, um, well, we've set a precedent, haven't we, for uh, providing feedback. So I wouldn't be surprised if a short video message or two emerge to uh, explain what's happened in the finalization of the plan. Yeah, I, I was going to say a very similar thing. You know, video has been such a success here, but I think if there's going to be any closing the loop, a video interview between myself and Michael about, you know, the final product and how the input helped shape that would be really beneficial. And then, of course, because we've had everybody sign up to be involved in the USA, we've got everybody's contact details, so we can easily shoot that out to people. Yeah, so video um, would be the obvious one. And as you said, that was an ever, ever evolving loop that we kept throughout the process saying, we're hearing you, and let's talk more about this. And I'd, I'd love to see more of that because often we, we have seen examples where engagement takes place, feedback closes off on the 31st of, you know, whichever month, and then there's just radio silence and there's nothing. And internally, you know, we're reviewing documents, we're writing a lovely report, we're getting approval, and the poor community is still left in the, in the dark around what's happening. And, you know, maybe two or three months later, it's like, oh, hey, there's a report. But what I love about this approach, and we've talked about it a lot, which is great, is that that iterative process that, that we're listening, we're hearing, and we're taking that back because that really does show... Uh, genuineness in what you're doing. Yeah, I'm always very passionate about closing that feedback loop and it's always a challenge for every project because 
most project officers have another project they want to get on with and, and move on. But we were always very keen to thank people for their input and show them how it had influence over whatever was the decision was at the end. And I think this one, we're going to have a great way of being able to demonstrate the input we've got and how that's influenced the final plan. So the only thing we have to do now is, I guess, get that plan signed off and see how it actually ends up looking. And then we'll have something concrete to go back to the community with. And I think if we can do that through videos and through emails to those different people that participated, I think that'd be great. And we're also, from a project point of view, we were talking uh, yesterday about a bit of a lessons learned exercise. And I think the digital engagement will be one of those top lessons and we'll, we'll do a paper and, and that will be circulated within the council teams and also the state government teams who are involved in this so that we can try and uh, spread some of the, the lessons and uh, the positive results that we've had from experimentation and just being proactive around engaging with through these means. Great. And what a good segue for my last question before we kind of wrap things up. And, you know, as we know, on, on small and on big engagement projects, we always are constantly learning and adapting to changes and, and taking on board new techniques or, or new things. I'm just wondering if there was one thing in particular that you might like to share with our, our audience around what you learned or if you had an aha moment or, or something that you've reflected on that uh, others might find valuable. My kind of big key message out of all of this, anyone listening and for everyone that's part of this podcast, is to trust the engagement special. Um, that we, you know, we sometimes throw in crazy ideas, but it's often based on knowledge or insight and we live and breathe it. And, and especially now we've, we've had this experience, we, we've got even more tools and skills under our belt. For any, any teams out there, um, trust the engagement the specialist and to not be scared of giving something different a go and it not being totally polished. That raw, authentic, real people kind of approach is something that's worked really effectively in this. Love it. Love those words, raw and authentic, because I think it really humanizes what we're doing. It's not council versus yeah. community. It's us together finding a solution. Michael, anything uh, specific that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I was just surprised at, at how easy it was to make videos, post things online. You know, we have all these computers and laptops and they've, all, they've got the, the hardware and the software already built in or it takes five minutes to download what you need. You can just do it quickly, respond quickly and, and make it happen. I think a lot of these online and, and digital tools and videos, it seemed really hard. It seemed really complicated before. Uh, it doesn't seem that way at all to me. It's easy, just do it. Brilliant. And Dale, anything from you, buddy? You know, similar to what Michael was saying around the videos, he talked about the simplicity of it, but I, I think we shouldn't underestimate the power of the video. I think getting a conversation in front of someone is better than reading a document. It's so much easier for people to listen and digest that. And I think that worked really, really well. And the other thing I think we through this that worked well is that responsiveness to the community. When we hear something, putting that into the next video to say, oh, we heard this, and, and there's comments and discussion around that feedback we got. And same with the Q&A tools and everything else that's online, getting back to people quickly. People then know, hey, council are actually listening. The, team, the project team are listening to what I'm saying. I'm getting responses back. What I said has now been commented on in the video. That builds over time as well, that trust with the community. So I think that's really important as well. Absolutely. And, and what we do know and what we have seen in this sector is that when someone does have a really positive experience through being engaged, that is, they feel like they've got the information they need to, to respond, provide informed response. They feel like they've been heard and, and their point of view or their ideas have been considered. And then they're actually told at the end, you know, what's happening with that? You know, why are we doing these things or changing these plans or why we're not? And providing justification is that that good experience then lends itself to re-engagement 
that next time you go out or they see a banner on the road or they get given an email to participate in something they care about, they're more likely to actually engage with you. And I think that's a good point that you make. Yeah. And, and Becky talked about the quality of the engagement as well. And I think the reason we got that is because people understood the project. And I think they understood the project because they watched the videos. They didn't have to sit and read through a very long document. So I think the quality of the engagement responses we got, that qualitative feedback was so good because we made it easy for people to understand through that video process. The, the videos, we could even have gone a step further on, on my reflection. Some of the feedback we had, some of the input we had that, that provided feedback on the process was still people didn't quite understand some of the urban plans terms that were used and so for me that was permission almost next time to, to go even to even more basic level of explanation just because there are people showing an interest that maybe don't know some of those terms and that we could have taken it a notch further in explaining I reckon some of the some of the planners don't understand some of those terms either so <laughs> <laughs> And, and we, I've got to say too, you know, this, this language and this jargon, all these technical, you know, complexities isn't just for planning projects. We do see it in a variety of projects. And I think it's often a challenge we face around how do we digest this down for people to grasp, to understand the impact and particularly something like a local area plan that's, that's you know, something that's going to be set in place for the next 5, 10, 15 plus years. It's also sometimes hard for people to think, how does this impact me? And so when we're able to break that down to, for them to understand, uh, you know, the impact and why they get involved and providing information and easy ways to digest as, as effective as you guys have proven. So I do need to wrap things up. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. I've been uh, really impressed in hearing how you guys have had to adapt in this different time that we've got, but really use it as an opportunity to propel and project and enhance your engagement by using digital tools. And I know the videos we've talked a lot about have been very successful. So People that are listening at home, you can visit yoursay.onkapringa.sa.gov.au to, to check out the project and to actually watch uh, Becky and Michael in action and to see the, the project and keep up to date. And so to conclude, uh, once again, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Forward to uh, hearing more about the great projects that are coming out of uh, Onkapringa in the future. So thank you, Dale. Thank you, Becky. And thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Dale. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us for future conversations as we explore the capacity and insight that online engagement has to offer. Check out our other learning resources at bangthetable.com.